Um, we have been looking, we have had this trilogy of looking at our foundations. And our foundations, we've been looking at our foundations in the past. What are the things that are our foundations at the very start of our lives that have been maybe put into us and how can God build on those? They don't have to be, those those things in our past don't have to be things that disqualify us. They can be things that qualify us. And that's what God would say about the things that happen in our past. They qualify you. They don't disqualify you. And then we've been looking at the present and how to uh, be in the present. How do we live fully in the present, fully alive? How, what are the foundations of living alive today in the present? And so we looked at that last week. And today we are going to be looking at the future. And how do we, what are our foundations as we walk on and as we walk into our future? So of course, everybody, will have uh, different thoughts about their future as we're sitting right here. Some of you may be thinking about your future like this. Wow, I'm really excited. I'm so excited. There's a new opportunity for me just down the road. There's a new job. I'm getting married. I'm having a baby. I'm not having a baby, by the way. I'm just thinking of somebody else. That is. Um, uh, I'm, uh, uh, there's some great things going on. Um, you're positive. Maybe there's a, a wedding just about to happen. Um, there's some positive things in your future that you're just thinking I'm excited about that I might be going to university I'm excited about that I'm going to a new school or a new college I'm excited about that I'm excited about the possibilities ahead of me and then there are some people I guess here that are thinking I'm not that excited really about what's um, going on I'm not really that excited about the future don't really know what's going to happen um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sad about some of the things that are going on there, there can be a real that you may, you may be sad that somebody's left or sad that you're going through a divorce or sad that you may be sad about some of the things going on in your future I think the reality is in our past present and future there is always a mix of good and bad do you, do you find that like there's a mix of really great things that happen in our lives in the past and some things that are really challenging I don't think anybody in this whole room doesn't have a mix of all, all those things, doesn't have a mix of sometimes there are great things that happen and sometimes there are really difficult things. In our past, in our present, right now, today, there will be some things that maybe you are struggling with and there'll be some things that you are, are thankful and grateful in. Uh, and, and so the same thing happens in our future. There are some things that we're going to be like, yes, this is great, this is amazing, some good, good things. And then there's going to be some difficult things because that's what life is like, isn't it? We have, nobody, has, um, all, nobody has all good stuff going on all the time. We have challenges. We have things that make us sad. There are things that trouble us. And, uh, and so we, as we walk into the future, we have a sense that both of those things will be going on. I love it that um, in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know that most, lots of you will have this ingrained on your, um, you know, minds, but it will be for... Um, <laughs> I haven't. I don't need to look at it now, don't I? I yeah, okay. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That's what it says in the Bible. Whatever you are feeling today about your future, God says, 
there's a good plan. I plan to prosper you. I plan to give you a hope and a future in the good things of life and the bad things of life. That's what God says. Now, one of the things I find really interesting is that one of the things I've learned in life is that there are always things that end in life, aren't there? All the way through life, there are things that begin and there are things that end. And sometimes I have a bit of a bad relationship with endings, a bit of a bad relationship with things that stop in my life because maybe I don't want them to stop. Maybe I didn't want them to stop in the first place. But things like, uh, there's always always stuff that is ending. So, for instance, when you get married, that's a really great change. You know, well, I hope it is for everybody. I hope nobody's thinking I don't want to get married, but uh, that, that's a really positive thing. But even when we are experiencing positive change, there's often grief that comes. So what's the grief that comes when you're getting married? You, ha- you have to think, well, my life's not going to be the same again. I'm going to have to, uh, you, I'm not going to be able to do exactly what I want to do every day. Life will change. My friendships may change. There may be some loss, even in some of the good things and the good changes that happen in our lives. And so with every loss, with everything that ends, uh, sometimes we can think, oh, I don't like it. I don't like things that end. But coming to terms that things naturally end sometimes in our life is a really good thing. Sometimes our jobs end. Sometimes marriages end and and it's devastating. Sometimes um, children move away to another country or another place. Uh, We we have all sorts of different endings that we have to embrace. Uh, One of the things that I was remembering, so, you know, with when you have children, it's it's just a never-ending process of letting go all the time. And another thing ending, another thing. And I'm sure that loads of you are sitting here today where some of you are going on to secondary school. There are things that are ending for children and and for families here. And uh, some people are going to university. There is ending that is coming your way. I can remember when I had um, my four children at Summerley School and we live opposite Summerley School. So I, for years and years, used to take my children to Summerley School and they would be having a great time there and they, it was quite close to me. I remember the day that Rosie was going to leave um, su- leave Summerley School and I remember thinking, I remember sitting in my living room and I could hear the children playing outside in the playground And I can remember thinking, life is never going to be the same again. Um, I'm never going to have all my four children in that safe little lovely village school. I'm going to have to do secondary school now. And I can remember just crying, just cried. I just cried at the thought of that life was never going to be the same again. And I would have quite liked my life to have stayed there. But life doesn't stay there. Life doesn't. You have to say, that's ended. That season in my life has ended. I didn't really want it to end. I didn't really like it that it's ended. But it's ended. And uh, there are so many things I think about um, when Delirious, the band, ended for us. Um, I didn't know whether I was coming or going at that time. I can remember thinking, I don't really want this to end. And there was a great deal of grief involved in that and wondering what to do. And it felt like, to me, like 
somebody had pushed you off a cliff and you were like falling and you thought, I really hope somebody catches me because what are we going to do? What, we haven't got a plan B. We never have had a plan B. What should we do? And um, endings sometimes feel really, really hard. Sometimes they feel like failure. We don't like failure, do we? And so sometimes we struggle with things that end. But the thing is, things end all the time. They, that's what happens. They end all the time. And sometimes our resistance to those things ending is not very helpful to us or anybody. And um, one thing that I've learned is, like, I've got to get used to things that end. And I've got to, how, how do I embrace those things? So some of the things we do when uh, things are ending, we can minimalise them. Oh, well, it's only Australia, not very far. You know, or it, we can, min can minimalise it. Or we can sometimes deny it. No, no, it's not happening. No, no, that's not going on. Let's just deny it. Let's distract ourselves. Let's not think that that's going on. We can sometimes start blaming somebody else. Well, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have ended if it hadn't been for you and what you did and you, you and you. Sometimes we can blame ourselves. It's my fault that this has ended. It's my fault that this is coming to an end. Um, we can blame ourselves. Um, there's so many ways that we can uh, react when things, we can rationalise, we can distract ourselves, we can avoid it, we can deny it, we can blame others and we can become hostile. But um, one of the things I think is really good at looking at things that end, whether that be a job, uh, whatever that may be, is to say, okay, first of all, I'm really curious about what I'm feeling right now. Instead of denying it or pushing it down or, or thinking that uh, it will go away, it's really good to think, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling? Am I feeling a bit insecure? Am I feeling, uh, am I feeling grief? Am I feeling um, sad? Um, it, you you look at those things and then you feel it. You feel the pain. Sometimes you feel the pain of something ending. It's all right to feel the pain of that ending and to say, I'm in pain. That hurts. It hurts that that's happening. But then somewhere along the line, sometimes we have to forgive. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's not about forgiveness. But sometimes we have to forgive and we have to let those things go. We have to let things go and we have to surrender to God and say, do you know what? I didn't really want that to end, but it has. And I don't really know how to make sense of that. But I'm saying, I'm just surrendering God to you. I'm saying, God, you know, I just surrender that to you. And so we learn that things sometimes end. You know, every single ending, I know this feels a bit cliche, but every single ending, there is a new beginning. Every ending that happens in our life, there is always, always a new beginning. Every ending is the chance for a whole new set of possibilities, a whole new set of things happening. You may not even want a whole new thing, set of things to happen, but you know every single ending means something is going to change and that something doesn't always have to be bad. That can be really, really good. You know, ev after every death, there is resurrection. Every single death, physical, every death that we encounter, physically, mentally, spiritually, what happens after death? Resurrection. That's what God does. He resurrects things. He brings things back to life. He says, you thought it was dead, but here you go. It's a brand new set of things that are going to happen. And so I pray that we become really good at 
ending things sometimes, not frightened of that. There are sometimes that things will end in our, maybe our, the way, the way that we uh, are in church. Uh, things end and, and we take on new responsibility, but that is good. And uh, let's have a good relationship with that. Now, we were looking at Joseph, weren't we? So we have got, looking at Joseph's story, we're looking at the beginning of his story, we're looking at the middle of his story. He's been in prison. He's had a terrible time. And uh, so there's Joseph in prison. And uh, then he has, the, the, this baker has a dream. And the baker has a dream and basically means the baker's going to be let out. So the baker comes out of prison and starts working for the king again. Now Joseph said to the baker, when you get out of prison, can you tell the Pharaoh about me? But do you know what? The baker forgot. You know, he was caught up with being freed and everything and forgot to say anything about Joseph. Well, a few years later, Pharaoh has a dream. Pharaoh is so troubled by this dream that he says, I need somebody to tell me what the dream is and what it's all about. Nobody could, except for the baker remembered. There was a man in prison. He told me my dream. His name was Joseph. Joseph had all this time been in prison, been in the pit, serving in the best way he could. And so he's brought out of prison and he tells Pharaoh his dream and he tells him, what the answer is and it is that there's going to be seven years of famine and there's going to be seven years of plenty and uh, Pharaoh is so excited by this he promotes Joseph he has he's second in command in the whole of Egypt Joseph has made it Joseph the end of the story is good he has uh, he has gone from the prison to the palace and things are brilliant and then of course he has to have wisdom and then he says this is what you need to do Ferry. you need to build loads of barns and during the seven years of plenty you need to stock up and then then during the seven years of famine, we'll be fine. So during the seven years of famine, what happens? His brothers who have chucked him out years and years ago, come back, they need food. And Joseph and his brothers and his family are reconciled. The ultimate great end to a story happens with Joseph. And um, what I want to really talk and uh, look at from that is that Joseph... Um, he had a new authority coming out of that prison. So he was given authority in the most amazing way. He was given authority to save a nation. He was given authority to step up from the prison where he had served faithfully. He was given a new sense of authority. I remember when I was a teacher and I um, was going from university to then come and teach in a school. There is a new sense of authority, isn't there? When you are asked to be a teacher, you have to, you step into something new. You have, there's a new sense about it. And so when we step into our future, sometimes we need to step in with a new sense of authority, a new sense of what God is saying to us, a new sense of what He is speaking into our lives and giving us permission to do and permission to walk forward in. And so uh, we want to walk forward with a new authority, just like Joseph did. Um, I think that it's fascinating, isn't it, that we sometimes say, um, God, God is in control. And th- there is a sense that God is sovereign. He is definitely in charge of everything, but God is not in control of everything that happens. If he was, there wouldn't be Syria right now. If, if he was, there wouldn't be so many things that happen that are so bad. Because what happened is at the beginning of time, God said, listen, 
I'm going to give you control. That's what free will is. God said to each one of us right at the very beginning, I'm going to give you control. I want you to freely love me. I want you to, I want you to make choices. I'm giving you some control. And so though God is sovereign over everything, God is not controlling what you do and what you say and the decisions that you make and controlling everything that's going on. Uh, in fact, he's done, what he's done is he's given control. So we are co-workers with God. You, he's given us authority in this place. Now, I suppose what happens when you become a Christian is that you say to God, I will come under your control. I will. I want you to be the boss of my life, and so we surrender that control. Do you say? We say we think you know better, God, about how we live. We think that you have every good plan for us, and you will lead us in that. So what we do is we take our control. Lot. So we say, God, you. We surrender to you. That's what becoming a Christian really is about, and so. When we talk about authority, we do have choices in this. We do have a choice to say, we will do, we, we want to be in line. We want to live in line. We want our plan. God, God has a plan for us. I'm sure he does. But he's not like saying, right, you do this, 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 and this. And uh, I, we've got to say, God, what do, you, what do you want for us? You lead us. You take us where you want us to go. And uh, God gives us the authority to do that. So he's giving us a new sense of authority. And then the second thing is that when we look at um, the future, I don't know about you, but I don't think the future feels like it's just about me and my future and where I'm going. I feel like the future is very much in other people, in, in, the, new, in, in the next generation. I mean, we, we have children, don't we? We, so we become parents and we become grandparents. And... Uh, one of the things that I love about Joseph in this story is that he, uh, Joseph has a new authority, but he also has two children. And his children, the, Joseph, by the way, when, he, when his, his new name means this, his new Egyptian name, when he becomes second in command to Pharaoh, means God speaks and lives. Don't think that's amazing that the Pharaoh gave him that name? God speaks and lives. And then he has two children. I, I don't know how to, I want to say Massaman, but it's, it's, that's Massaman Curry, isn't it? How do I, it's ma, Manus, anyway, it's like that. Uh, that was the first, um, that was the first child that Joseph had. And that meant, God made me forget all the hardships of my parental home. Don't you think that's amazing? His future, his child said, God has made me forget all the hardships of my parental home. It was declaring something in the future that, um, that had happened in the past. Uh, then Ephraim, it means God has prospered me in the land of my sorrow. So he had children and those children went before him and those children were his future. That Joseph didn't just end at that story that his children went beyond and his children's children. And so when we stand here now, I think we have got, we have got a future and that future is in our generations. We've got a future that's not just about us. It's not just about what's going to happen to me. It's about what's going to happen to, our, to, 
to our future, to our, our future is our children. And I don't even mean that by your physical children. You may not have any physical children here, but that doesn't matter. It's still about the, the generation that you are involved in raising up. Do you, whether you've got children or not, it doesn't matter. That whether you've got children here or not, that, that's, you are involved in raising up a generation of people to go beyond you the, the way that you've ever gone beyond. That's what, that's the exciting thing that we're involved in. That's why the future is great because, uh, you know, there are two sorts of, um, there are two sorts of games uh, I was listening to this guy talk about. And uh, he said, there's the finite game. And the finite game is like cricket where you have rules in a finite game that there's a winner at the end and there's just players that play. That's the finite game. And then there are infinite games. And those games don't involve one person or one player. They involve loads and loads of different players and they go on over time and there's not a winner or a loser because sometimes you win and sometimes you lose but you keep going that infinite game that keeps on going we're not involved here in a finite game everybody that you win at the end do you uh, uh, or we talk like that we're involved in an infinite game that is going to go on for history a uh, uh, generation after generation after generation what we sow now we what we will reap in 50 years to come we're not involved in a small thing we're involved in a massive kingdom of god thing that he has called us to our future is in releasing the generations. But that's our future. That's the most amazing future. That's a future that nobody has, but but, but people that love God. How amazing is that? And so I always remember from a little girl, I've wanted to be a mum. I wanted to be a mum and I wanted to be a good mum and I wanted to bring up my children. I can remember when I had them, of course, if you've got any selfishness in you, then um, it kind of starts to ebb away when you have children, doesn't it? Because you're like, I want them to run faster than me. I want to give you all that I can in, in talking to you, praying for you, getting behind you, encouraging you. That's what your heart is, to see the next generation fly and to see the next generation run. And so... That is the heart that we have in the ch- in the church here. That we want to, you know. I think of all the things that I want to say to the the next generation, and I'd love. I, I want to pass down. I want to equip them and give them tools so that they, as they carry on in life, that they will be. Uh, they they will know what to do. They'll know sometimes what to expect. They'll have the support that is needed. But and I'm talking about children and young people and. Um, that we give them the tools. And so, you know, some of the things that I think sometimes I'd love to say, you know, there are some times when it's in your faith, it's really, really dark and it's really, really hard. And sometimes we don't talk about that because like, oh dear, quickly, let's move on from that subject. But sometimes it's hard and sometimes you feel like you are in the depths of a place and you feel, you wonder sometimes, what do you even believe? And I think most people go through that at some point in their life. Um, it's called, in some books, um, The Dark, what's it called? The, the Dark Night of the Soul. And uh, it's important that we remember, even in those times, in the times where we hit rock bottom, God is there. It says, where can I go from you, God? Even in the darkest night, 
still you are there. God is with us in the darkest of places and the next generation need to know that. They need to know that that is, that, 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 that's what, that they need to be, uh, we need to support and encourage and, um, and just say, you know, you go for it and keep going for it with our, our children and our generations. And so um, I think, oh, I just wanted to say one more thing, uh, or two more things. Uh, my, as many of you will know that my dad, uh, I took over from my dad seven years ago from running the church. And um, my dad has done the most amazing job at transition because I don't think it's easy to transition from leading a church to not. I don't think that's an easy thing to do. I think that you lose a sense of your identity in that. I think that, um, you, you, can you imagine the emails that used to come your way? You know, you might be glad that some of them don't, but uh, uh, you, that, that when you walk into a room, you were the pastor. Do you, you, people had a different relationship with you. There's a different feeling about it. And you, he, he, he's had to let that go. He had to let it go in order for, to enable me to run. And, uh, and he's done an amazing job at doing that because um, sometimes I'm sure that he wants to say things. I'm sure he wants to say, well, I would have done it like this or, you know, I'm sure that that's what he's at. But he doesn't. He says, keep going, Becca. Go on, you keep going. And, you know, most transitions don't happen this well. Most transitions don't. The, the ones that I have heard of where people transition, they, the pastor either has to leave or else he causes a real rumpus in the church, you know, really causes trouble. And that hasn't, we, I'm grateful, so grateful that I had somebody that said, go on, go on, go on then. You run now, your turn, go on. And uh, he didn't stop me. And I'm grateful for that. And so when, when we, we want to see our children and our, we want to have that, that heart that says, you go, f- you go f- further, go on, you run further. We want to have that heart that says, um, you're our future. And we want to see um, great, great things happen. I, I'm, I love this verse and I'm going to read it. Because wherever you are in your life, uh, I think this is absolutely brilliant. It says, it's um, Isaiah 46. It says this, I've been carrying you on my back from the day you were born. And I'll keep carrying you when you're old. I'll be there bearing you when you're old and grey. I've done it and I will keep doing it. Carrying you on my back, saving you. Don't you think that's an amazing word for us all today? God in our future will keep carrying us on his back, saving us. Never stop. He'll never do that. He'll never stop for all of us. He keeps carrying us.